Hello, hello, and welcome to Super Lady Hero Hour here on Fanversation. I'm your co-host, Yel Teagle. I'm always joined by my co-host, KB. Hello. Hello, hello. Thank you to everyone who is joining today's show. We are really looking forward to chatting about all things WandaVision and Batwoman, of course. But uh, I'll let Yel take it away with news. Yes, before we jump into um, Batwoman and WandaVision, which we want to talk about, um, it's time for some headlines. Uh, I'm We've been talking about this Moon Knight property and whatever that is for months now. There was rumors of Keanu Reeves, um, that it was announced that it's going to be Oscar Isaac. Uh, and now we have Ethan Hawke coming in to play the villain. Uh, this whole thing listen, is wild. Yeah, listen, uh, you know, apparently, um, allegedly, Oscar Isaac is still actually going to be the titular character, and Ethan Hawke is joining the MCU for the very first time in a villain role. So, you know, apparently they are looking to actually start production on this show in March. We all know that all of these dates are rolling because we are still in a panini and so you know because of that who knows what's going to happen um but i am excited for moon knight um you know i didn't know anything about moon knight prior to this casting so i kind of did my own background you know research for this character and it's dope like let's introduce them uh you know whenever it's safe and we can so uh you know we welcome ethan hawk with open arms to the mcu see what type of villain uh, you know, he's going to be and, and go from there. No complaints I'm really, really. I'm really excited about uh, the idea of Ethan Hawke joining the MCU. I think that's fun. I think he's been like, I, I feel like he was on the rise to be like, he was a big star and then he decided to disappear and do like indies. Um, and so the idea that he's coming back to something this big and popular I think is the right move and I'm excited uh, to see what happens. But like this Moon Knight thing, yes, in theory production starts in March. I don't know, this Moon Knight thing seems to be like rumors here and there the whole time. So I, I'm not holding my breath. We'll get it in 2024. <laughs> Maybe, you know, who knows? Um, they are seemingly kind of fast tracking a lot of things in terms of production. So I do think we'll get it before then. I mean, you know, even if people are going into production this year, they're still looking to put out content by the end of this year, early next year. So I think they're really speeding up the post-production process as well. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, like, you know, I think that they um, did not plan, obviously, for a global pandemic. No one could have. But I think that if we're talking the studio who has the most content on hand, it's Netflix. And so, you know, everyone is really trying to kind of catch up to that because Netflix is, you know, releasing a movie a week in the middle of, you know, um, this scenario that we're in. So I think everyone else is just trying to kind of catch up and then also have material kind of bagged um, in case we ever encounter something like this or anything else that might uh, bring production to a halt. So we'll see. Um, Titans, for people who are fans of Titans, I swear, like, y'all and I are going to watch this one day. Truly. Um, when that day is going to be, we will not commit to on air. But we will watch it one day. 
And maybe that day will be soon because if you're a fan of Titans, Barbara Gordon is joining season three. They have cast Savannah Welch, um, you know, as Barbara Gordon, um, you know, the Gotham City Police Commissioner, uh, you know, who used to also be Batgirl, will be making her debut uh, this season, uh, which should be going into production fairly soon or is already in production. I'm actually confused on that, but. I mean, it's 2021. Who knows when they're actually going to go into production? They might be for now, today, maybe today, maybe tomorrow. Um, I, yes, I think one of the things that's really exciting about Titans is that they keep adding characters we've heard of, names that we've heard of, and their cast is incredible. Like the people that they already have is amazing. So the fact that they're adding someone new to a character that is beloved is a good sign. Them having a third season is a good sign. Maybe we should watch at some point. I think by next summer, um, I'll be ready to watch it. I just think that like, what's about to happen is we're about to get slammed with all of the fall TV, which is actually winter and will now go through July, it seems. So, you know, once we're done with that, then maybe I'll be like, oh yes, great. Now we can go to the HBO Maxverse, as I'm now going to affectionately call it. And, no. um, you know, maybe we can go there and, you know, I'll watch Titans. And then by then, you know, we'll have some other stuff coming back for, for seasons as well. So, yeah, like, you know, good for you, Titans fans, honestly. And the cast is stacked and I have no problems with that. So, yay. Um, in other yeah. news, something that is super surprising to me is that Superman and Lois is getting a 90-minute premiere. Now, listen, I am thrilled to kind of see where this show goes, um, but I love The Flash, and I've been waiting a long time, and I'm like, <laughs> we're pushing it back another week. My gosh. I mean, in theory, another week means nothing because, you know, hello, we've been doing this for a long time now. But I'm still like, dang, all this for 90 minutes of Superman and Lois? Like, I hope it's the most exhilarating 90 minutes of my life for this supersized premiere. Like, I don't ever, I can't recall the CW ever giving any of their superhero shows a supersized premiere like this. So this is the first 90 minutes. That, uh, I feel like they have, I can't name any, but I feel not, like they've not first, I feel like they have never done this for a series premiere, like, Never, not for any of the superhero shows. Maybe for like a season premiere after they already kind of got that fan base that they were looking for. Right. A series premiere, I've never, I've never heard them do a 90 minute. So I'm like, oh, they must be banking a lot on this. I'm so excited. The new trailer came out. If you want to check it out, it is available on fanversation.com. Um, I really enjoy what they're doing. I think it's interesting. I think. Um, it reminds me a lot of Black Lightning, the idea of kids finding out that they have powered parents. I think that's what they're doing is they're banking on that, you know, family feel. Uh, and I I think Superman and Lois is going to do pretty well. It might do as many seasons as Black Lightning. Um, I don't foresee it. I'm going to probably end up sticking my foot in my mouth now, but I don't foresee it doing, you know, as many seasons as something as like Arrow and The Flash. Um, but they have they have a lot of faith in it, apparently, if they're doing a you know two-hour premiere, 90-minute premiere, and pushing The Flash back a week. That said, I'm okay with The Flash being pushed back. 
I mean, The Flash is the highest rated show on the network. So I, they have to be banking a lot on Superman. Low. I mean, honestly, because it is their top show, period. Um, and for good reason, because it's casted so well. Um, but, you know, Superman and Lois, I am looking forward to. I do still think it's really interesting, this idea that they are going to be, um, they have a significant time jump <laughs> from the last time that we saw Superman and Lois. So I'm curious to see kind of what that's going to look like. And then also how that's going to tie into every other show, particularly because we know that we're still going to get, you know, a crossover. It's going to be a lot smaller than, you know, the one last year, which was insanely large. Um, but I'm still curious to see how that crossover is going to tie in because a lot of time has passed on Superman and Lois. And so, you know, one of two things are happening. Um, either they're going back in time or, you know, so there's another timeline. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, and so I am curious because they did say that Superman and Lois will play like a big part in this particular uh, crossover, um, which ironically, when will that happen now? Because I mean, you know, we're so used to getting like winter crossovers. Is this going to be like a, a June crossover? Like who knows what's going to happen um, in terms of our <laughs> actual timeline? Uh, but yeah, I am excited to see the show for sure. I just, you know, it's curious. I'm like, if you're pushing back the top show on the entire network, then they must absolutely adore this pilot. Plus the fact that they supersized it at the last minute must mean that like, it was just so incredible that they couldn't, you know, chop it down to 60 minutes. So yeah, I, am I think that's, that's the interesting thing is that they chose to announce that so late in the game and to supersize it so late in the game. And it makes me think, again, stick of a foot in my mouth. What if, what if they are banking on Flash people not knowing and showing up and being like, well, now I'm watching this? Oh, I think they know. I mean, I feel like all the Flash fans I know were like, wait, we have to wait another week. You know what I mean? Like, it, it was very apparent to us very early on, like, we have to wait another week. Um, and for me, I'm mostly just like, as everyone knows, the CW, like all of their shows actually, mo the majority of them at least, have decided to just finish out those last episodes from the prior season before moving into right. what the storylines will be. So essentially all we're getting from these shows anyway are like the wrap ups that we, that we didn't get from the majority of the shows. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, that's really what The Flash is going to be anyway, like episodes that they, and I think they had actually filmed the majority of that one, like 80% anyway, before, you know, everything shut down. So we'll see what it looks like, but shout out to Superman and Lois, they're coming. Um, and then in the sad news, Black Lightning is ending. Yes. We all know um, they dropped their trailer today. It's extraordinary. I'm still sad. Shout out to all of the natural hair. Jefferson's hair looks amazing. And um, I loved it. And I was mostly like, wow, my faves. And, you know, here they are. It's sending, you know, the Pierce family. I have no idea what this is going to look like for the backdoor pilot. Um, you know, that will be coming a bit later on. Um, you know, we do know that that China Ann McLean is done with with the series and maybe even acting based on her comments. I don't know, at least for a small period of time. So she will not be returning. So I think even if we get this backdoor pilot, it's probably, um, you know, safe to say that Jennifer will not be a, a part of it. Um, mm -hmm. But Anissa might be. And so I'm hoping for that. But, you know, final season, anything's fair game. We did see a grave in the trailer and who is in that? We don't know. But again, 
death is fair game in the final season. I mean, like truly it could be anyone, so. Well, except for painkiller. Well, yeah, I mean, because, you know, we do know that painkiller is giving this, well, uh, there's a backdoor pilot. It has not been picked up to series, but so we know that painkiller will survive the end of this season four. We do know that for sure. Um, we cannot say what happens after that, but I mean, I'm so sad, man. I'm so sad. But Jefferson going to therapy. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I mean, this trailer is so good and yet I'm so sad. So here we are. Gosh. Yeah. I, I'm looking forward to wrapping up this story and seeing how they choose to end it. Um, for those who haven't seen the trailer, this is also available at fanversation.com. Links are below, so check those out. Um, but I think that, you know, I think that it's right to end on an upswing. And I think that there are other CW shows that could have learned from Black Lightning. <laughs> I think that we could have used one more season. I am not a fan of dragging out seasons at all, like at mm -hmm. all. Um, and, you know, y'all knows this is why I don't watch SVU. I'm like, <laughs> guys, so I'm like, we should just do it. So I'm oh, fine with people like shooting their Listen, I know you love it, but I'm like, guys, if I like seriously. So I'm I'm a fan of shows being like, ooh, we wrap this up. That's why I'm not mad that Insecure's ending at season five. I'm like, yay, I love that you know when to end. But I feel like Black Lightning could have given us one more. Um, but I'm still, I mean, I'm obviously not getting one more, so I'm gonna have to be okay with this last one. <laughs> so <laughs> here we are. Um, yeah. yeah, so we'll see. Well, All right, guys. Yes, let's talk about WandaVision. We are going to kick it off with WandaVision. Um, here is your spoiler warning. You know, if you have not seen WandaVision, shame on you. Oh, well. And uh, we're going to dive into it and all of the spoilers from episode three. And episode three alone, we are not doing more than episode three. To be quite frank, we have not seen more than episode three. So we, this is all you're going to get, but you're going to get all the spoilers in the world. So here's the quick cap for the episode called Now in Color. Wanda's pregnancy fritzes her powers as she and Vision prepare for an accelerated delivery. So, yeah, how did you feel about the episode overall? This was my least favorite of the first three episodes. What? Um, I don't know if you know this about me. I hate children. Um, yes, watching do. a woman be pregnant is not fun for me. And then a birth and then children. So my least favorite. Um, that said, I see uh, King Kid in the chat is very excited about WandaVision. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Um, but I, uh, this was my least favorite of the three. I feel like uh, not a lot moved forward uh, in terms of everything, which is hilarious because I feel like a lot of people are watching it being like, a lot moved forward, but I'm like, no, yeah. there was too much baby. Um, so this episode um, actually is the episode that moved the storyline the most out of all three thus far. Um, That's true, but too much baby. This one was my favorite episode out of the three. I feel like my the first episode is my least favorite, mostly because oh. it just is... Um, it does nothing for the plot, like 100% actually does nothing for the plot. Like we, mm -hmm. 
that. The second one moves it a little bit more. And then the third one is actually the one where we're like, oh, okay, now we're starting to understand a little bit more. So the third one is my favorite, um, not just because it's in color, but you know, I do enjoy that it's in color. Because um, I'm like, oh, yes, give us these these beautiful outfits in, in color. I like that. But also because now we know that Agnes and Herb know what's happening. So like before, you weren't entirely sure if they were still in the dark, or if they didn't know anything. But now we know that they know something and they want to tell Vision, but they can't. It's something holding them back. And you're like, so what is holding them back exactly? Like, what is going on here? Um, we see, you know, for I, I think the biggest thrill of the entire episode is Geraldine, a.k.a. Monica. We know she's Monica, but we're still going to call her Geraldine in this, this universe. Geraldine is a part of S.W.O.R.D. and it's confirmed and Wanda figures it out and basically boots her right on out of her, you know, like safety net. Because again, you know, we've kind of determined that this this scenario, this realm is Wanda's grieving, like her special place to deal with the grief of Vision's death. And she boots her right on out, like, girl, no, you got to go because you're disrupting the peace. And I just gave birth to these twins. How? We still don't know because Vision, what? And two, who is Vision cooking all this food for? That's also the question I had this episode. He's making like a million hot dogs. And I was like, Vision, you don't eat food. And also, what is happening? So like, I don't get it. But yes, she does. I will say to King Kid's point, she does safely kick her out. But she's like, bro, you got to go. You got to go. So this moved the storyline the most. And I'm glad the twins are here because they're actually very important to the comics. I'm going to question some things that you said. Um, because A, Geraldine although we know is Monica is not confirmed. Her being part of sword is not confirmed. Um, the fact that she gets kicked out, that Wanda kicks her out, not confirmed. <laughs> Nothing is confirmed yet. I mean, it's pretty safe to say that when Geraldine landed and when we saw her, that was the exact same power source that Wanda uses that we've seen her before move somebody through whatever. And also Sword is actually confirmed because if you read the comics, so it's like all these things are like, you gotta in know- the show, In the show, it is not confirmed. Listen, she I'm is not up saying it's not true. I'm not <laughs> saying it's not true. I'm just saying as a viewer, as a viewer who is not, oh, is not reading the comics, who is just a viewer, I'm going based on solely facts that have been given to us. Well, we um, definitely saw Wanda Spark. Yes. That definitely um, happened. When, when, when Geraldine, so we'll just keep calling her Geraldine from now, even though, you know, yes, Thank even you. though it actually has already been revealed by the team that she will be Monica, but that's okay. Yeah, so yeah, we in this scenario, <laughs> even though Geraldine, she was moved with Wanda Spark. So I was like, that pretty much is like, you know, she booted her out of her realm, whatever this is that she's using to protect herself and her and her grief. Um, mm. But yes, correct. We she has not been called Monica yet. So Geraldine got booted. Um, and, and at you know, this point, Sword has not been um, addressed or. Uh, um, so Sword has revealed. been we've seen. So Sword has been. We've revealed, seen the symbol. Well, not so to a viewer. Seen, 
It has been. So we have seen in episode two, we saw the man in the suit who works for S.W.O.R.D. And remember, only she saw him, though. So she kept, like, trying to get Vision's attention, but Vision didn't notice. So we saw him, and then we saw the, the helicopter. Beekeeper. And then we saw, yeah, we saw the beekeeper. We saw um, the helicopter. We saw um, Geraldine's necklace. Um, and then there's one other thing that we saw that I can't remember, and I feel like it was in the first episode. Because the helicopter's episode two, and so was the beekeeper's episode two as well. I feel like mm -hmm. it was in episode one, but I can't remember um what it is but we've seen it like about four times now i believe <laughs> sure i'm not saying here's what i'm saying as a viewer at no point has the word uh oh, oh. Yes, monitor screen okay. yeah thank you like, we've seen it thank you yes we've seen it and and as a viewer who, who may not be aware of what sword is at no point has it been if our if no one has said it out loud on the show, then we don't know it, if that makes sense. Right? Like, you're, yeah, like you're saying Monica. we don't know the background of the organization quite yet. Right. And we don't know what their intention is and whether, I mean, we know because we know, but we don't know if they are if they are the good guys or the bad guys. At this point, uh, Wanda believes that they are probably the bad guys. Right. And that's true. But Sword could also, you know, to Marvel's point, um, sword could function like shield, which technically it does, but just in space, right? So sure. there could be people who have hidden agendas that are not good. There could be people that have agendas that are good, you know, like um, an organization really is only as good as its workers as well. And so their mission might be one thing, but you could still have certain people from various backgrounds um, who are not there for the best reasons. So we know that Wanda is just firmly trying to protect herself and her own interests. Um, and we know that, you know, Agnes and Herb are allowed in this scenario. Geraldine is allowed in this scenario. We still don't know why Herb and Agnes are aware and they're conscious and what that mm -hmm. means. Um, if you read the comics, you do, particularly with Agnes. Um, but you don't know necessarily kind of what that means just yet for Wanda. Um, you know the significant of the significance of the twins if you also read the comics. Um, and so you know how and key they are to a lot of different things, um, you know, in the future. But I am, I again, this episode was still my favorite. I mean, like honestly, out of all of them, because it moves the plot along. It, it really is the only episode to do so quite frankly. Um, and so now it's like, okay, we can get going. Like this was the episode that I watched and I was like, oh great, I believe in the vision of the show. Because before it was just like, I enjoy sitcoms. Yes, I do, I love them. But what does this sitcom have to do with the plot? Like, I was like, please tell me more. Nothing, okay. So now I'm like, okay, we can get going and we can dive in. Uh, because again, we said this last week, but for this to be, the Kickstarter of phase four, I needed to really be the Kickstarter of phase four. And I've trusted Kevin Feige, you know, uh, in the past. And I do think the sitcom is entertaining. And I think that the actors are doing a great job, particularly with their comedic timing. Um, but give me more plot points. Give me more plot points. <laughs> That's just going to be how I am. So. Yeah. So what would you rate this episode on a scale from poop to kittens or a spoon in between? 
Um, so this one for me is a kitten. I know that you don't like it, but I enjoyed this episode tremendously. I mean, you know, listen, I think that it's a risk. It's always a risk, um, but it's a huge risk because this is the first TV series from Marvel Studios. So there's already going to be, it's already going to be a heavier lift than a film, to be quite honest, because you need to make this cohesive um, and you need to make it flow and you need to make sure that the plot is truly thickening. And I feel like that's what we got in this particular episode. I thought it was really, really good in the sense that it's giving all of us fans kind of what we hoped, well, I can speak for myself, what I hoped I would have gotten in the first two. Um, and then I didn't. So I was like, darn it. But then the third one came along and I was like, ah, restore my faith in humanity. So how do you feel? How would you rate this episode? So I'm going to go with a spoon um, because I it was my least favorite. I still loved it. I think that the blatant, blatant homage to Brady Bunch was very fun. Um, like not <laughs> the least subtle thing I've ever seen. Um, yeah. So I really enjoyed that. Um, I, yeah, I did. There were, there were too many babies, um, but it was fun. Um, and yes, it did move us forward, which I do like. So it's, I didn't hate it, but it's not a kitten. So spoon. <laughs> well, shout out to the doctor who um, I adore because, you know, he starts his morning uh, you know, into the house to confirm that she is indeed pregnant and is about four months. Um, and then, you know, literally three hours later, comes back um, to deliver two babies and asks not a single question as to how he was just there three hours prior and she was only four months and then comes back, you know, um, missing his vacation in Bermuda, which I've been to Bermuda and it's beautiful and I would never miss it. So honestly, he missed his vacation to Bermuda to deliver twins that were supposed to be another five months away and still ask not a single question. Um, <laughs> boy, when interesting, an interesting character. Also, the misogyny um, is quite thick with the doctor as well. Um, <laughs> he made a lot of comments and I was like, ooh. Ooh, truly, yeah. sir. Truly, you could be such a good nurse. She looked at him like, or a doctor. I mean, you know, because I did just deliver this baby, but sure, right? You know. <laughs> um, so, yes. Um, what Let's do you talk think about our prediction? In episode four, yeah, yeah, because um, you did not like this episode. So, I mean, you didn't hate it, but you didn't like it. So, what do you hope that we find out in episode four? Like, what will you know, kind of reel you back in i mean less children but uh i so my original prediction was um that we were stuck in uh her head um but my prediction has changed um and i i do see and again as a non-comic reader um i see that the children there's something about not just about the fact that she had children in this whatever place we're in um and that vision can't can't impregnate a woman not that but if you remember in episode two you know they were doing the event for the children and there's this now we have actual children um and i think that there's something like somebody wants her offspring 
because her offspring can do something. So that's where my head is at right now, that she is kind of, um, if you, anybody's seen Doctor Who, um, that, you know, Amy at some point is taken captive and doesn't really know where she is and gives birth and then is like, wait, I have a baby and I was taken. So I think that like Wanda might be held captive somewhere to produce offspring. That's where my head's at. Um, as for what I hope, I hope answers. I hope everything that people are saying on the internet, all of these little bits that anyone who knows it, what's going on has put together, I want it to be confirmed. That's what I want. What about you? Um, yeah, I still think we're in space. I mean, I don't think that this saga takes place on Earth. I have not from the beginning. I literally tell everyone who will listen that I don't think this takes place on Earth. And then everyone says the same thing. Oh my God, I didn't think about that. That's true, sword. Space. That I was like, yes, we don't have to be on Earth for this. And I don't think that we are. So there's that. Um, yeah. Uh, what do I hope? What do I hope? So I hope that next episode, um, <clears throat> Geraldine's true identity will be revealed as Monica. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the work that she's doing with SWORD will be revealed. Um, and I hope that we just get kind of more nuggets as to, you know, where this is headed. I also hope that, you know, we bring Vision into the fold and he also gets the answers that he's seeking because now, which, you know, technically Vision is dead, technically. Um, mm -hmm. But I am hoping, I am hoping that we get some sort of, um, that Vision gets some sort of answers as well in this state that he is in. Um, because he is getting more and more suspicious and it's getting harder and harder for Vision to be able to even control and conceal his true identity because he's having a hard time um, really adjusting to the normalcy of, of Westview and, and, you know, kind of what this town is providing. And so he's always worried. And so even, even in this episode when she gives birth to Tommy first, um, which honestly that bit was hilarious going back and forth about the name. And every time she said, Tommy, he said, Billy. Um, but, um, when Tommy is born, you know, she's like, don't you want to meet your son in your true form? And he's like, oh, can I like, is this, you know, like, is it safe? So he's even having a hard time, I think, you know, kind of determining what's real and what's not and, and maintaining a sense of normalcy in this town. So I'm hoping that we get more of that and more understanding from that as well. Also, you know, because Vision's dead, I don't know what's going to happen with Vision post this show. Like, you know what I mean? Since technically he's dead and this is a, I don't know what's going to happen with that. Um, and where we're going to see this going. Because I am, from a comics perspective, have not read a ton about Vision, like specifically in his character arc. So, um, yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, we're going to find out on Friday. So, <laughs> we're going to find out on Friday what happens, truly. Yes. Well, let's move it along over to Batwoman now. Um, again, spoilers for Batwoman. Um, here is the quick cap for prior criminal history. Ryan Wilder is back to facing the daily challenges of life as herself. Alice has a new devious plan to get the attention of both Gotham and um, Sophia. Ryan comes face to face with Alice for the first time. Whoo! What an episode. Um, I, I'm I, like, love it. I love this season. I do. Yeah. It's so good. Um, 
it feels like they're letting Alice like it it feels like what happened when they finally let Legends of Tomorrow do what they wanted to do and like go wild. They're like, okay, Alice is nuts. Let her go wild. Like, let's do this. And I'm really enjoying seeing that and everyone else just having to like work in that reality. I have to shout out the creative team of Batwoman because again, it's really hard to step into shoes that are already established, not just as an actor, but honestly, even in creating a show and having to pivot and having to do it. But the small details that they've kind of plopped in for Ryan and how, you know, she has always had this kind of parallel connection to Kate. I actually really enjoy how they're using Ryan's background to be like, instead of, I mean, obviously like the criminal justice system needs to be completely reformed in general because it's trash. And we see that with Ryan. We see how like Ryan is a product of the system, but they're even mm -hmm. using that and they're like, you know what? Why can't this history be something that like she in turn uses to help her fight crime as Batwoman? Like there, it's just, it, it's a whole different vibe this season, but I like really like where it's going. I also like that like they made it that she and Sophie actually already knew each other from the judicial, like from your her criminal past. I was like, oh, yeah. that's actually smart. I would have never thought that they would, like I would have never thought to write that, but I think that was the smart thing to do in this series because it's not like we have to introduce them to each other in this very odd way. It's like, no, you know? And it also shows that like, Sophie has blood on her hands as a, as a police officer too, you know, in terms of like, trying to take Ryan down for crimes that she didn't commit over and over and over again. And we've, we've seen that. So I'm like, dang it, this episode was so good. Like they're doing a really good job. Like Javicia is killing it. I, I don't like, I don't have anything else to say. I feel like everyone else too is killing it. Everyone else like leveled up, like freaking Luke, Mary, like, I, I don't know. It feels like everyone is like, I don't know. It feels like a completely different show in a lot of ways, in tone and in performances. Like, they are like truly killing it. Like, this is honestly the show that I hoped it would be in season one. And mm -hmm. like, just in terms of tone and structure and like everything, th this is actually what, yeah, this is what I wanted last season. So it feels good to be here. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think that this is really like they've they've gotten where they need to be. Um, I would say just one little tweak, they can get rid of the dad and the crows. Like, we don't need this, we don't need this organization. Like, put Sophie back, like put her back in the police. And like, you know, we don't need this this specific organization. It doesn't, it feels unnecessary and it feels too tied to Kate. Um, so I think that. I think it's unnecessary. That said, everything else I'm I'm loving. I agree that it's nice that they're tying her back into it. Um, I do like the, I completely forgot about the like journaling to um, Bruce yes. and the fact that she started with Dear Kate. I was like, yes, I'm here, I'm in. This is what I want. Um, I'm worried that Javicia, or not Javicia, Ryan, the character um, is going to be shipped with Sophie. <laughs> I just feel I mean, like I told you how I feel about it. I feel like it's gonna happen. 
I don't know that it's going to happen now necessarily. So last week I actually said I wanted it to happen, but that was actually before we knew how they would be introduced because they had not been introduced to each other. And for me, it was, um, again, I was saying, you know, we very rarely get to kind of see Black love in a queer relationship on screen. So I, you know, would 100% support that. Um, But now that we know, you know, about this past history of basically her being arrested by Sophie, I mean, essentially that's what it is. I don't think that they're going to go down the path of shipping them. I I don't think they're going to because of that history. It just becomes, um, it becomes muddled and it becomes a little too complicated. I do think that they can eventually build a friendship and trust, but I honestly don't think they're, they could build a friendship until the end of this season, like maybe the beginning of season three, you know? Um, I just think that like, I, I honestly think before they do that, Soph will probably get back together with Pennyworth. Like, well, I think, I think that Batwoman and Sophie will become like a, they will have a mutual respect for each other. Um, I just, in that scene, I was like, oh God, I hope they don't end up being a like enemies yeah, to lovers trope because I hate that. Um, but also it, it just, like you said, it it is, it, there is a muddy past. And I think that, um, I think that it just would be terrible. And honestly, I don't, put past the CW to do it in the future to be like, now we're together and forget that at some point there was this other issue. I mean, listen, you know, fan service is a real thing, particularly with the CW superhero shows, for sure. I mean, it is 100% the reason why um, you know, that relationship in Arrow became canon it is because really fans on Twitter were like, we need to see Oliver and Felicity at the end. Like, and so, I mean, it truly was that. So um, I'm not saying fan service does not get their way in, in the CW-verse because it has happened before. Um, you know, at least with like Barry and Iris, it is canon and we always knew that it would get there. Um, so it's like, okay, like, to be quite frank, I actually forgot about Eddie. Yeah, he just popped in my head right now. I was like, oh my God, she was not engaged. I hate when she's like, he was my fiance. He actually never proposed because he died first, but it's okay. I mean, it's true, <laughs> but he was your boyfriend girl. But okay, she did have, you know, he was intending on proposing, but girl, he never did really because he, you know, he did not make it. So fine. But, you know, uh, the CW does have a history. But I definitely, I do, I agree in the sense that, like, now that I know their backstory, I don't want that. But again, the most shocking thing for this episode, to me, was that they were not lying last episode. Like, I I thought that Kate's dad and Sophie were lying about not knowing that she was Batwoman. I did. I thought that they were just trying to save face with each other. But turns out they really didn't know. And I was like, oh, I thought that was It's funny because... I thought that we were going to go back to Kate's father being like, she wasn't bad. Like I thought I was told and I believed it, but look, it's not true. (laughs) I I really thought that I thought that he was lying. I thought he knew, but this episode proved that they truly did not know. And I was like, Oh, okay. I guess it was the most obvious thing on earth. So, but sure. Yeah, um, Sophie's uh, anger about that was very obnoxious, honestly. 
She was upset. Uh, she was upset. They both were. It was interesting. And also, shout out to Mary because she's actually a terrible liar. So the fact that her father believed her, I was like, this doesn't like, she's not even looking you in the eye, to be quite honest. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, so you didn't know? She's like, oh, come on, dad. And I'm like, she has not looked you in the eye this yeah. entire time. And yet you're like, she's telling me the truth. <laughs> Uh, all right um where do you place this episode on a scale from poop to kittens oh this is gonna be a kitten for me listen i really enjoyed this episode again i love that every episode we're getting more of ryan's background and tying that in i will say last week um you predicted that this episode she would become batwoman i said no it's way too soon and i guess Technically, we were both right because she only yep. stepped into Batwoman to trick, you know, that. And then at the end was like, okay, no, really, I want to be Batwoman. And I was like, girl, now give yourself two more weeks or something to like figure it out. But I knew once she put those bats on the bus and the woman thanked her, I was like, she's all in. Like, you know, I was like, never mind. She's going to be Batwoman. You know, this is it. So. Here we are. So how did you feel about the episode ratings wise? I'm going to agree. It was also a kitten. I really enjoyed it this season so far. I mean, it's only two episodes, but like, I'm in, I'm in, this is what I wanted. This is, it's, it's so, it got better. It's so good. Um, I think it's, I think they've let them be wacky. They've let Alice be wacky. Um, I also like that we're looking at other uh, villains that are not Alice. I think that's a nice, a nice, movement um away from alice always being the big bad um but i i also loved the idea that they had bats attack people like what a silly dumb uh dumb way to go um i love that you know ryan is bat woman and is terrified and hates bats yeah i really <laughs> that's what i, I love, love. Um, I also, to your point, the one point of contention I'm going to have with this show, and I know it, um, is this Alice scenario as like the long-term villain. It's my, it's why, I mean, listen, I love the Flash, but like reverse Flash always being, you know, kind of the villain mm -hmm. for everything, the central villain, which yes, reverse Flash is in the comics. Like I get it. Like he's a very prevalent villain speedster but there are other villains and so it's always so hard because on one hand you know i feel like when they kick things off and they started with arrow and then they moved to the flash they already had this this formula where you had your consistent big bad and really i i mean i kind of feel like oliver's has always been the island <laughs> and an i in an odd way you know what i mean like it's like the islands is yeah really bad. But they also had smaller villains every week. It's interesting because on Batwoman, they're not necessarily smaller villains every week thus far. It's just Alice presenting a new problem. And I wonder how long that's gonna last. And so we know that Safia is worse than Alice according to Alice, right? But we haven't seen Safia be worse than Alice. You know what I mean? I just, I don't want it to get stale to the point where we're like, okay, is it just going to be the Alice show? You know, I agree. And, 
I totally agree. And Ryan brought up a good point. Alice is still alive and she should have been dead a a long time ago. Facts. I mean, like that, that is the truth. Like, so. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No, I'm totally with you. And I think one of the things that Flash did well, as much as Eobard keeps coming back, is that some seasons we have a half season where it's a different villain. And, and sometimes they're not a speedster. So like if we could not always have Alice, but also not always have just someone different each week, because then it's like, just leave town. Um, so I lost you. I lost you. No, no, no. I was saying it's just, it becomes one of those things where it's like, well, why do you live here? Because every week it's like, just seriously move. Like what is exactly so i would say give me a different big bad over the course of a few episodes at a time you know and don't have them always be working for alice um alice oh good old alice yeah so what any you predictions you want to add yeah, I mean, honestly, I can't predict anything about this show. I mean, maybe next week we get to see Safia or the not just Tatiana, who is basically Safia's henchwoman. I, I feel mm-hmm. like, you know, maybe we can see something else. I don't know. I mean, you know, I um I have no idea. It's because everything is about Alice that I truly don't know. And mm-hmm. with Alice now killing Mouse, which was truly her last connection to humanity. Um, you know, Alice is becoming a bit more unstable. And so I just don't know what that's going to look like uh, as we move forward. Any predictions on your end? Um, I think, I think that Alice will find a new connection to humanity with Mary um, because she kind of points out that like they're, they're all they got. Um, And so I think that, I hope that goes somewhere. Um, But yeah, I, I also hope that the hijinks get, wackier i think that like attacking the bat or having bats attack and then take take them out with a bus is really fun so let's do more of that i love that you know i love that luke was forced to trust her in that moment i think luke Mm -hmm. does not trust easily um especially when it comes to his beloved bat suit um and all of his tech honestly you know he's like why should i trust you with this and you know he doesn't necessarily um, trust Ryan yet because trust is earned. But in that moment, he just had to trust her because, you know, she, he, one, he wasn't moving fast enough. And two, she had an idea on the fly that was kind of like, all right, let's try this. So um, yeah, shout out to that and let's see what happens. But I do think the team is getting stronger and I, I love that. So, so in terms of the woman performer of the week, who is it for you this week, Yell? I feel like you maybe had a hard time picking this. I had such a hard time. Um, I wanted, I wanted to go with Wanda because, like, she had to go through nine months of pregnancy in twenty minutes. Um, so I <laughs> wanted to give it to Elizabeth Olsen, but also that was unpleasant. So um, I think Mary was my performer of the week. Um, I feel like her character has grown so much uh, and like having to balance this week, lying to her stepfather about knowing about um, Batwoman, having her also deal with the medical emergency that dealt like that killed her mom. I think all of that was, she just really, Mary was the performer of the week. Um, yeah. 
What do you think? Who was your performer of the week? Yeah, my performer of the week is actually going to go to Alice, ironically, because, you know, like I just said, I, I don't want it to always be the Alice show, but I do think that um, Rachel Scarston, who portrays Alice, formerly Beth Kane, did a fantastic job. They're allowing, it was something about the delivery of her lines this week and the things that she said that I was laughing like audibly, like what is happening with you girl? Like it was just so crazy. And I think that, you know, Alice is, is uh, Rachel as Alice is doing a really good job and just being able to kind of switch and you never know if you can trust her. And, you know, rule of thumb is probably don't, but, you know, even uh, her interactions with little Pennyworth, um, Julia, and then going from, you know, that to being semi-vulnerable with Mary, but you can't even really trust that to, you know, go with Ryan in a fight to um, always, you know, kind of um, shading her father in any scenario that she has. I just, I was like, yes. Um, So yeah, I'm going to go with, with um, Rachel as Alice. And obviously, honorable mention for me will always go to Jabicia because I do think that she is killing it. Um, honorable mention as well will definitely, Mary killed, the, uh, you know, Mary's character this episode, yes, to your point, was fabulous as well. Um, but yeah, so, for sure. Um, so tell me about who had the best style for you this week. Okay, so this week um, I'm going to go with Geraldine in the blue vest over the white blouse um, because I used to wear a white, like, um, like kind of a crocheted vest that was my mother's from the 70s. And I was like, ooh, I got to find that. I used to wear that all the time. This style is so good. And I, I was like, damn, I want that style to come back. So. Geraldine won my style icon of the week. I mean, listen, Geraldine's hair is always fire. I actually preferred um, Geraldine's looks from episode two, but I know that Geraldine will be serving more looks um, as she steps into being Monica and leaves Geraldine Mm -hmm. in the dust. I don't care. The outfits are going to get better. Now for me, I had a two-way tie between that faux fur coat that Wanda manifests while having a contraction and even shocks herself because she was like, ooh, like this is luxurious. Like, yes. Yeah. I was like, yes, iconic for sure. Um, and then it's a two-way tie between that and then Mary's final look from Batwoman, which quite frankly, I'm not entirely sure if it was a dress or a shirt and a skirt. But it was real cute and it had a lot of gold buttons on the front. And I was like, yes, 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 yes to this. It was like the um, sleeveless um, olive yes, thing with the yes, like, yes, I think yes, it was a jumpsuit. I don't even know, honey, but it was cute. I was like, yes. I was like, this outfit is bomb. I love it. It's everything. And so I would 100% wear it. Plus that faux fur coat. I mean, I was like, I'll wear all of these things. Yes. So those I am allowed to have a tie because they were both adorable. Um, all right, so I almost gave it to all of the coats. I almost was like that whole sequence of coats. The coats. And also yeah. what I love though, what I did actually love about the episode was how they made fun of how ridiculous shows are when women are pregnant and trying <laughs> to hide it. 
Because when she had that bowl of fruit and then she had this coat and Geraldine's like, girl, it's 75 degrees outside. Like, what are you doing? And I was like, this is exactly how it is on television shows. Like, I mean, you know, the way that they pan, ridiculous. You know, the way that, you know, the woman will only be sitting for the entire episode and you're like, okay. And then, (laughs) you know, they'll have like one thing in front of it. Um, Also, shout out to Geraldine's outfit because those... um, she had pelicans on her pants, and that was like the bird the that fish. Was she had fish on the she had pants. fish, yes. And then the pelican was like, Oh, are these fish real? And I was like, yeah. Yes, shout out to that because that whole pelican scenario was weird. Um, but also she didn't know what to do because she was having 37 kids um at one time. <laughs> so what was your WTF moment of the week? To be fair, there weren't like a ton, but so my first one, my first like real WTF moment of the week was the glitch with um, when when Vision is like something's off and then it resets and he's like, no, everything's fine. And everybody watching TV went, wait, did the show just glitch? Did they just, <laughs> did, what just happened? We like, we were like, what just happened? Our internet went out. Um, so that was my WTF moment. The other tiny little moment is Wanda finally remembers that she had a brother. She finally remembers that her brother Pietro is dead and did not choose to name one of her boys Peter. Excuse me? After her dead brother? I mean, Pietro would have been fine also, but Peter, name your kid Peter. Your brother's dead. Well, to be fair, she didn't remember that he was dead when she gave birth and they had already named the kids. To be fair, she didn't remember. Remember, she didn't remember until after no, they know. named him and they get it. I so it's like, to be fair, she wasn't thinking about her twin brother because she didn't recall having one. So right. that's something she did name your kid after your dead brother. And so, but sometimes people don't want to do that though. I mean, you know, like in grief, they're like, I don't necessarily want to name my kid after the person right. that died. Um, may, sometimes they do middle names, you know, maybe. maybe it just they, didn't occur to her and that is my Maybe it's Tommy WTF Peter. Moment. Maybe it's Tommy Peter. Thank you. I'll take it. You know, what was your WTF moment? Um, the bats, because I don't like bats either. Um, and I mean, I'm from a state where, you know, we, we do actually have a lot of bats in there. So, oh. um, so when I would go to Austin, oh God, there would just be so many bats. And I, I would be like, I can't even manage this. So, um, because first you think it's a regular bird and then you're like, this is a bat. So it's just, it's terrifying. So when that bat shot up out of Mouse's dead body out of nowhere, first off for me, the best part was how Luke didn't care. Like literally he did not care. He was not shocked. His face was like, and I was like, so you're just not, I mean, like just okay. And meanwhile, Ryan is freaking out because it's like, well, first off, something is just moving in this carcass that Mary just confirmed was dead. (laughs) And then the way the bat just popped out. Also, I'm like, that bat spent that entire time trying to figure out how to puncture the tissue to get out. Uh And I was just like, this is gross. Like, honestly, it was so gross to me. So that was my WTF moment. I was like, no, no. And even though clearly in the first 30 seconds of the show, she said, like, we knew she was going to put a bat in him. I mean, that was very clear um, 
in the very first moments of the show. But I don't know. It's very different from, you know, being told one thing and then and then experiencing it. And I was like, oh, no. Like, I knew it was a bad in there. But still, when it came out, I was like, no, thank you. So here we are. Never again. Well, on that note. <laughs> um, thank you so much to everyone who has joined us live. Um, King Kid in the chat, thank you for being here. We appreciate all of your thoughts and feedback. Uh, anyone else is watching live, thank you for being here. But until next week, KB, where can everyone keep up with you? And what are you up to this week? Yeah, follow me, social media, again, just Twitter and Instagram. And it is the Lady KB, T-H-E-L-A-D-Y-K-A-Y-B. You can follow me for any updates on Twitter um, about what I'm covering. If I have any interviews dropping, you'll find out there, you know, like who knows what's going to happen? Who knows? But what I do know is if you would like to listen to the Color Gray Pod, um, we do have new episodes that drop on Fridays. You can listen to our episode from this past week where I have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with actress Taylor Page uh, about her turn in Ma, Rainey Black, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. And uh, she is the star of Zola Film, which I saw exactly one year ago today at Sundance. Um, and it is not out yet because panorama. So um, when you guys see her in Zola though, you're going to flip out because it is an astounding film. Uh, and we talk about just so much more. She was an absolute delight. And this Friday, there will be an all new episode and you will just have to listen to find out what we chat about then. So Yell, this week, where are you? What are you up to? What are you playing? And where can people find you? Um, I am everywhere at Yell Teagle. That's Y-A-E-L-T-Y-G-I-E-L. -E uh, I'm also on TikTok now. Um, oh. So check that out. I literally just did a video before this on why I think Captain Marvel is the best film in the MCU. So if you disagree, go and give that video some hate. But um, check that out. <laughs> I don't know what I'm playing yet, um, but you can find me on twitch.tv slash yelteagle. And uh, we will see you next week for more Super Lady Hero Hour. Bye, everybody. Bye.